0: Welcome to the Faith Forward podcast series. Faith Forward is a grassroots network dedicated to bringing together leaders of ministry with children, youth, and families for collaboration, resourcing, and inspiration toward innovative theology and practice. Through this series, we'll learn from creative, forward-thinking leaders who are pushing the boundaries and reimagining what it means to follow Jesus' way of love and justice today. Join us as we instigate a revolution of hope in our world.
1: you than you you know.
0: Welcome to the Faith Forward Podcast. I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. Uh, for what I know will be a rich and deep and uh, an incredibly important conversation because my guest today is a longtime friend of Faith Ford and a a good friend of mine, the incomparable Melvin Bray. Um, Melvin is an author and a storyteller and an Emmy award-winning children's television host. Um, And in addition to co-editing, uh, books in the Faith Forward series. He's also the author of Better: Waking Up to Who We Could Be. Melvin, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Dave, it's so good to be with you, uh, and I'm, I appreciate you reaching out.
0: I'm just delighted to to be talking with you uh, because I don't even know where to start. Like, we're recording this episode on June 1st, right? It's exactly a week since the murder of George Floyd. Um, mm-hmm. And so much has been going on since then i i, I don 't even know where to begin uh, what's what you know, <laughs> what 's going on how How are you doing how are people doing um what 's your
1: take on everything oh, oh goodness um, i am grieving mm-hmm. um, I am grieving in not just kind of metaphorically or, or even just emotionally. Um, I am grieving in my very body. Mm -hmm. My blood pressure uh, has jumped up and, and seems to want to be resistant to the exercise and the sleep and the water and the medication that I, I, I give it. Um, which, which, you know, is to be expected, right? Like one cannot live perpetually under siege and that not take its toll. Um, and, and the thing is, I don't know George Floyd, say his name. I don't know Brianna Taylor, uh, who, who was killed in Kentucky by law enforcement as they, they murdered her, calling themselves uh, executing a no-knock warrant. So as she slept, they broke into her home. Brianna Taylor. I, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, here in my own home state of Georgia, say his name. Um, man running down the street running trying to trying to stay healthy (laughs) yeah yeah uh trying to trying to trying to improve life totally unaware that he was being stalked hunted um yeah so you know i mean we that how am I doing? I, I, I am grieving um, at all the death and death dealing. I am trying to remember their names. You know, mm-hmm. we got people in the street for, 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 for George Floyd, but all the women who have, uh, mm-hmm. who, who've been accosted, black women who've been accosted as well and who put their bodies on the line to protest for the black men who are being struck down. Yeah. Um, you know, so doing my best to remember, remember names, to, to pray for families, to teach my children to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since they were little, itty bitty, um, when I was first teaching them to pray, some of the words my wife and I put in their mouths was, be a God who cares for others as much as we want you to care for us. And, uh, and so you know to, to be able to hear those kinds of thoughts echoed back from them, uh, also in the midst of all this death and death dealing, that gives me life, right? Like yeah. Um, yeah. to, to hear, hear my children wrestling with and committing themselves to, to uh, more just, more virtue-filled, more beautiful ways of being in the world, gives me life for us to stand out in our garden and, you know, I'm, I'm not in the garden right now, but I'm sitting here looking at it mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and to remember what it means to bring forth life, to use these hands to bring forth life um, and to do that. As an act of defiance mm-hmm. in the faith of all this death and death dealing. To 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 as as uh, Tony Morrison said. And I remember in the book to, to love my blackness fiercely. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to love this flesh, she said, because yonder, they do not love that flesh, your flesh. And, uh, this is her book, Beloved. I'm, I'm going to probably reference a lot of different folk and I'll try to remember to tell, <laughs> tell, tell the listening audience where, where they can find certain things. Yeah. but uh but, but I, I expect no less. comes from beloved <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean so i'm I'm in in Nova Scotia, so I'm in a, a different context, um, yeah. dealing with you know we were, we were talking before we hit the record button, right about as, mm. as we were just catching up um, yeah. about the the, the the different nature of of the injustice. Right. And how there's this, you know, I've been hearing folks talk about how it's, it's more subtle, the Canadian racism. Right. Mm. And I personally think that that's scary. I think some people say it's more subtle, meaning it's not so bad, but Mm. I think the subtle nature of it means we haven't even woken up. Like we haven't even opened our eyes necessarily to what's going on. So it's, it's shocking to me to see Good, you know, fellow Canadians, lighting up social media, going to the streets, protesting in solidarity with our brothers and sisters in the U.S., mm-hmm. and yet, and yet, ignoring the the countless the fact that there continue to be countless murdered and missing Indigenous women. Yes, right, right. That's and right.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah, and, and, and so, in and, so, and the
1: whole the whole kind of deciding for oneself what what things are worth protesting what lives yeah. are worth protest and what lives are, aren't uh, is, is its own kind of Faustian bargain, right? Yeah. Yeah. To 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 take solidarity with folk who are distant, but to not remember one's solidarity with those who 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 are local. Yeah. Is its own kind of way. In which supremacist logic conditions us, right? Like, cause supremacist yeah. logic is gonna let you get in wherever you can fit in, right? Like, so mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if if, if you want to be a blatant racist or a blatant sexist or a blatant queer antagonist, supremacist logic has something for you. If you want to be subtle about it and you wanna you you you, you want to be Clueless and unaware, and, and just happy for life, and 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 and, uh, and 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 blessed, and highly favored, and grateful to God for your blessings, while other people die or are 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 treated uh, inequitably, uh, struggle with 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 uh, persistently inequitable material consequences. Um, if you want to do that, if you want to remain oblivious to that, supremacist logic has has something for you it, it It's going to let you get in wherever your heart can stand it can, and, 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 and co-opt you in, in in its purposes.
0: yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure and and it strikes me that I, I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot in light of all this about solidarity and allyship right and Mm. what it means to be in solidarity with with our fellow human beings and so what do you i don't know what do you make like about the idea that at times it's really difficult to be in solidarity with people who live halfway around the world and yet at times it's difficult to be in solidarity with the people in our own backyards.
1: Cause I grew up with, with, you know, in a church with the campaigns for the starving children in Africa. Right. Um, when meanwhile, there were those in the, in our very church who uh, may not have been starving, but didn't know where the next meal was coming from. Yeah. And sometimes that was even in my own home. So, there's a couple different things, right? Like, so one thing is that it, it speaks to the way that supremacist logic wraps us up and locks us down, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, 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 it conditions us to this notion that it's some other group of people somewhere else who are guilty of the thing, Mm -hmm. the hostile thing. It's those men over there, not this man right here talking. It's those white people over there who used to wear pointed white caps and dress in sheets. It's not these folk over here who continue to vote Certain people in power who continue to not remove those who abuse power from power—it's—it's—it's mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it's, it's just easier, and supremacist logic allows us to sit squarely in it, to totally not recognize it, and then and and, and, and but then be totally concerned about it as it manifests some somewhere far off. Right. Um, uh, so there, there's that, right? Like there's just the flat-out blatant reality of that. I am concerned about that police officer who, who put his knee on the neck of that man, those police officers who broke into that woman's house, those police officers who shot that woman through through her window, the, those men who were sitting on their porch who said today we're gonna hunt that black man and that callous person who took the pic who who took the video and the daughter of one of those men sister of another who posted it online with pride like the postcards that used to go around of lynchings Mm -hmm. or of native people displaced it's those people over there, and we forget that all of those people function in service of a community. they represent a communal will right and yeah, and, yeah. and and, and they advance a communal benefit that we that we may not you know good liberal folk let alone good progressive folk, may not be conscious of in terms of like, I want them to advance it in that way. We might be uncomfortable with our benefit and our privilege being advanced in certain ways, but but at, by the same token, right? And notice I keep saying our, cause I'm lumping myself into like uh, sexist forms or mm-hmm. elitist forms of these same kinds of supremacist logics, but we like the privilege, mm-hmm. like we like the doors that our education open, right. opens, uh, Dave. We 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 like the neighborhoods that our money allow us to live in. We like the the we you know white people like the privilege mm-hmm. of being able to turn on the television and and see a world that ninety five percent reflects them
0: yeah
1: right like we 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 like the 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 benefit that comes from the way that our our world is ordered
0: we're not even aware of it
1: wanting to own it and a lot well i mean whether or not we're aware of it like we we aren't trying to give it away
0: yeah yeah (laughs) like (laughs) like,
1: like, you you know no one's going into very few people are going into starbucks every day (laughs) and spending that money on that coffee to walk out and hand it to someone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, (laughs) like, you know, waking, waking up. Right. I mean, even in Mm -hmm. the, in the title of, of the subtitle of your, of a better, right. Waking up to who Mm -hmm. we could be. Well, that's you know we all say hey I've I've woken up I see it the first step is awareness right mm-hmm. but that's but the it's a step, step. <laughs> when we wake up we don't stay in bed we have to get yeah, out of yeah. bed and do something you got
1: to get out of bed and do something right like and so so you know and, and you, you you hint with by referencing the book you hint at how 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 do we sleep right like how do yeah. we sleep and how do we wake up and much of how we sleep and how we wake up is predicated on the stories that we rehearse for ourselves and yeah. for our children and for e- and with each other about the actual nature of the world
0: yeah and and, and the nature stories, of
1: our place in it
0: and whose stories they are as well like that's what i was And thinking. whose stories they are when you were talking about you know that that police officer that person that incident Ooh. over there we separate it so the story that we're telling it's someone else's story, and we don't have to be implicated in it. We don't see ourselves as implicated in it. But what happens? How do we make the story ours? How do we tell Ooh. the stories so that we're wrapped up in them? Because as you said, it's not just that. It's this systemic, right? The story yeah. is bigger. And you and I have talked for years about this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But for our listeners who who are are new um say more about about this idea of of the the incredible shifts that happen when we tell better stories
1: so let me go about it in a roundabout way i'll get i i I, I, I will get to that question and hold it so that so that I get it but yeah one of the one of the things that I think it's important for folk to be aware of as they try to see themselves in the story, in the stories Mm -hmm. is that it is, is the fact that first and foremost, our faith stories in particular are not our own. They were looted from someone. And it's important to start there because your ability to see yourself in the story, particularly if you're a white person, is actually predicated on the lie. There are no white people in the Bible. That is shocking for a lot of people. They don't understand it. How can you say that? Like, imagine where the stories of the Bible take place. The the stories of the Bible take place in the Mediterranean region that's the place, the fictional place referred to as, or, or I said the place that's fictionally referred to as the Middle East, right? right. right. Like people from the Middle East are brown people. Mm-hmm. White people as even as a part of the historical narrative of scripture, let alone the imagination of scripture, don't potentially show up until Rome occupies Palestine even Alexander the Great or Alexander who thought himself great even though we tell the story like retroactively we do this work around Hellenism being the the baseline of kind of western culture and and therefore the baseline of whiteness you know apparently studies are being done now that 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 show that like Greeks were people of color. And a lot of these, these white statues we find of Greek folk were made so. <laughs> Maybe posts they're, 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 they're being brought into the world. These images on walls and stuff, right? Like they're, they're peeling away layers of paint and finding that they were very much more visually diverse than yeah. what we've come to know yeah. uh, of them but there's this been this particular kind of whitewashing of the story right like so every book i grew up with that that was the bible stories had these 1950 mm-hmm. pictures uh uh, uh middle class white pictures uh or rewritings of or reimaginings of the of, of of the stories of the narratives right yeah and I mean, and, and they did their work. They did the work they were meant to do yeah. by capturing the imagination, not only of, of people of European descent, but also everyone colonized. They, they colonized the minds of the colonized world. Black people walking around with, with their minds, their images of God being white. So their I images did- of God's people being white. And brown folk and such, right? Like that—that that took up space in in the mind and began to dominate the mind, and begin to to force people to con to 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 honestly hate themselves. And yeah. I know they did their work in all of us, not just because I know what it was like to grow up under the ty- tyranny of the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus up on the wall, but I know they did their work also because one of my most indelible memories of the last time I was uh, at Faith uh, Faith Forward conference, and it might have been the last time there was a Faith Faith Forward conference.
0: Yeah, I yeah. jumped
1: on social media, and I made a joke, where because because we we did it in a in, in this gorgeous sanctuary. Yeah, uh, in, in Chicago, what's the name of that 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 uh, Episcopal church? Saint where, Saint where, James
0: where, Episcopal Cathedral.
1: Yeah. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous in Chicago, Illinois. And, uh, and, and, and there's this crucifix that, that hangs mm-hmm. over the, the, the rostrum with, with this uh, alabaster Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's an alabaster crucifix and an alabaster Jesus hanging on it. And I took a picture of it, and I said, they finally killed white Jesus. Mm-hmm. Thank God.
0: How was that received? And I
1: posted, <laughs> I posted it on my Facebook page. Yeah, and, and some white friends of mine were, they were shook. Okay. <laughs> like, like they they thought I was defaming the sacred. Yeah, right. Like, how could you? And then you know, as 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 some people responded, they were like, "But Jesus was white. How could you be mad?" Yeah. <laughs> and 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 so so that kind of that work. Was actually the first work of actually writing the yeah. people who are actual characters out of the story. And then instead of finding oneself in the story in solidarity with those who whose story it was, one wrote them out of the story and then mm-hmm. wrote themselves falsely into the story. And that will screw you up for millennia mm-hmm. if you don't go back and do the deliberate work of reimagining those stories. Mm-hmm.
0: When I was doing my dissertation work, I interviewed children and uh, I remember this deep conversation I was having with a girl, 10 or 11 years old, from a church that was largely, if not completely made up of first and second generation Canadians who immigrated mm-hmm. from Africa. Okay. And she got talking about, all of a sudden, about Jesus and race. And I said, so, you know there are these pictures around the church. And like one of the pictures was actually like, it was a a poster of Jesus and the disciples, but it was all images from Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, and she's like, Jesus wasn't white. And I said, so then why do you think that they have these, these pictures here at this church, right? And she said, because we don't like a black Jesus. (laughs) We don't want to see the black Jesus. (laughs) And I'm like, geez, uh, you know, like,
1: it strikes too close Your, to your
0: young will prophesy. Um, <laughs> well,
1: so, you know, then we have to deal with lynching, right? Like if Jesus right. looks too much like those, those indigenous folk you threw off that land, then, then, then we, 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 have to, we have to deal with that. If Jesus looks too much like those African folk you kidnapped, then we have to deal with where we are in relationship to that
0: and where jesus is and
1: then where jesus is
0: yeah
1: and, and you know because the jesus story right like so to re-narrate the jesus story you know we we love to worship jesus <laughs> yeah right worship jesus in spirit and in truth but jesus walks walks palestine for three and a half years talking about the kingdom of heaven is at hand and you get to participate in it yeah and he never says worship me he says follow me yeah what I do, you do likewise, right? Like so, 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 yeah. so. You know, we, we there's so much we'd have to unpack if we if 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 we uh, if we had to see Jesus as different.
0: Well, and it, one of the things I've I've been going over, which I see connected in my mind here, go, kind of going back to how we started this conversation. You know, I, I hear a lot of people talking about this this ironic and tragic parallel between. Um, you know, the, the the police officer kneeling on a man's neck, right? Kneeling mm-hmm. on George Floyd's neck to the point of ending his life. And the parallel between that and African Americans kneeling during the national anthem to protest that very, the systemic mm-hmm. racism of which that is all caught up, right?
1: We like one kneeling and, and not the other, yes.
0: And And so it's the symbolism to me of the kneeling. And it's, to me, it's that symbolic action that makes it so contested during national anthems because it means something deep. And we kneel in churches, right? Yeah. And so to me, this is like all caught up in our religious practices, right? So mm-hmm. ones that are merely symbolic and and aren't necessarily efficacious in and of themselves, right? We, we use them to symbolize something else going on we end up using them to control and unnecessarily subdue people, even to the point of strangling them. So story, rituals, how do we tell better stories? How do we practice our faith? How do we ritualize Christianity and and tell the Christian stories with our young people?
1: So this is where I make the shameless plug. We can't go through all of that. Uh, in the, at the level of detail that people would need to be able to start practicing it. But um, the book better is about that thing, right? Like, like it, it, it is, it is how we do it. And, and and David just did something that's really important where he conflated story with ritual because ritual is embodied story. Exactly. Right. Um, and, 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 and so That also clues us into perhaps the most critical part of how we inhabit the story, and that is we have to embody it. I wear a bracelet that says, do better, don't just talk, think, or feel better. It is not enough to talk about a better story it is not enough to feel some kind of way because man i i imagine the broken body of jesus as being the broken body of any number of indigenous or black or brown bodies um that have been broken by colonizers it it is not or or colonizing systems policies public policies um it, it, it is not enough to, to, to feel about that. It is not enough to even think differently about the black and brown people who are in within arm's reach. We must do better, right? Like, in, And so what happens in church, what churches figured out a long time ago in spiritual communities writ large, figured out is that you can't just tell people about God. They have to ritualize the interaction, the interplay between God and humanity. They have to ritualize the interaction, interplay between members of the community. We we have to put it in their hands. So we don't just talk about Jesus died died. We say this is the blood of the new covenant. Do this in remembrance. We 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 we, we do these things to put it in our bodies. We, we kneel as a sign, not just as a sign of reverence, but because when we prostrate, yeah. something different happens in our physiology. Something different happens, you know, if the notion of supremacy is, is, can be summed up in the words, uh, we gonna be on top. Then by kneeling, the goal of the kneeling is to remind us that, no, we don't need to be on top. But what happens in our bodies when we say, no, 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 I'm going to reinforce on top. If I got to kneel, I'm going to put you beneath my knee. Mm-hmm. These things, right? Like, so we put it in our bodies. We, we, we don't just say, forgive, we go, we, we walk to the altar, mm-hmm. We call it the altar of forgiveness. And, and we do this thing or we practice going to our neighbor and asking for forgiveness. These things put it in our body. So if we're going to tell a better story, we one way to get into it and the ultimate way where you know, you've done it is by what are you putting into your body? How do you do this thing differently? Where do you locate your body in proximity to those who are being harmed, where do you locate, do you locate your resources, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a reason we give to the church. It's not just because the church needs money. Yeah, Tithing is, is, is about remembering that you owe something to that which is beyond you. That the good that came your way, it was not just because you work hard. Right? And it's not just
0: for you it's not really yours and it's
1: not just for you it's not really yours it's meant to be in service to the community we we keep sabbath we whether whether no matter what day you choose to, to 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 come aside and remember but sabbath was the heart of the jewish notion of justice on this day we remember and we rest so that we are reminded that the good that is done in the earth is not just by our hands mm-hmm. <laughs> right like that we stand in in the as benefactors to a creator who has who has purposed that all good things belong to all her good creation mm-hmm. right like like this is these these are the things so putting it in our bodies is 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 a deeply important almost a, and often forgotten way of Finding ourselves in these stories in ways that are transformative.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of, I mean, when, when you and I worked together on the second Faith Forward book, you know, your yeah. chapter and Sandy Sassel's chapter stand side by side about story. And mm-hmm. she talks about, you know, how we have an experience and we tell the story of that experience and then we ritualize the story and then we intellectualize the ritual through theology. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so we don't want to give young people theology. We want to give them the story because the story is the closest thing to the experience we can get. And I think even, you know, yes, to give ritual, you're one close, one step closer to that experience than you are when you're dealing just with the, the intellectual, you know, the theoretical theology instead of the embodied theology. Mm. But we need to, when we're doing those rituals, right? We have to go back to the stories, why we're doing yeah. them because we have
1: to reimagine them. They have too long belonged to our misshapen notions yeah. and misembodied ways of showing up, that mis and disembodied ways of showing up, that 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 uh they, they, they belong too long to those things for us to just assume that if we change our actions. People will get it, right? Like yeah. you gotta re-narrate, you gotta retell the story. That's why I call myself a storyteller. Some yeah. would say, Well, you're doing theology too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? But 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 what I'm doing is I'm reimagining the story. And a lot of the reimagination is actually going back to the story as it was told by the people the Hebrew storytellers who originally told the story uh, and, and and not just kind of this notion of updating and contemporizing the story.
0: And sometimes the ritual on the surface might even look the same, right? But everything underneath it is mm-hmm. different when we retell the story.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, sure. The, I mean, you, yeah. you know, when, when someone uh, quick story, right? Like, so, so, um, I took communion at least once every 13 weeks growing up Mm -hmm. um, because that was the cycle of communion at the, uh, the church where I was raised. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love the whole ritual and story of communion, right? Like I love it, right? Like it, it radical, the story of Jesus radicalized me. So, so I am, I am about that life. I am about the struggle, for, for liberation because of the story of Jesus and, 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 and uh, communion put it in my body.
0: Mm.
1: But I was a grown person before someone talked about communion as the feast of God, where, where, where the table was set and everyone was welcome. And how when we understand the purpose of communion, as an opportunity to remind community of its need to have an open posture an affirming posture, then we begin to see what communion was about. And then he tied it back into Sabbath keeping and all this other stuff. And like all of those things took on a totally new life for me. Now the story, the, the story of communion was wrapped up in the way that, different people in the Bible received strangers, uh, received them making, making food, you know, Moses goes running in the wilderness and the Midianites take him in and keep him from starving in the desert. Mm-hmm. That then had meaning to me. It also then had meaning to me of when people were snubbed in that same way. when Abram, after he becomes Abraham, and, 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 and has his first son, um, or it might have been before, but, but has his first son, Ishmael, and then throws him out into the desert. Mm-hmm. He and his mama out into the desert mm-hmm. to starve and, or to die of thirst. Mm-hmm. And we call this joker the father of our faith. No wonder yeah. we can't get right. <laughs> right? Like when the father of your faith is a rapist
0: mm-hmm.
1: and someone who would throw his own child out into the desert. And say he's doing it for God. Yeah, Yeah, and
0: and what God's doing, God's going and meeting them there and cleaning up Abraham's mess. Yeah,
1: God's meeting them there and cleaning cleaning up Abraham's mess. But I'm saying, right? Like we we don't put the when we tell the story, we don't put the focus there that God is cleaning up Abraham's mess. We put the focus on Abraham was was father Abraham had many Mm -hmm. sons. I'm one of them, and so are you. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we put the focus on let's let's hold Abraham in let's venerate Abraham and hold him in high esteem.
0: Yeah.
1: As opposed to let's learn from Abraham, right? Like Abraham wasn't all bad, but, but Abraham wasn't all good either. That's where the re narrating the story gets real, right? Like it has real repercussions in how we show up in the world.
0: I'm really glad that you, you mentioned better, never a shameless plug. I mean, it's a fantastic (laughs) book. You, um so if if our listeners if, if you're listening and you want to know more about all this amazing stuff that melvin is talking about and uh and and sharing definitely pick up a copy of a better
1: can i suggest one more book as oh well please yeah for those in, in particular to this moment right so there's a, a brother by the name of ibram kendi ibram kendi he is a professor at a university in Washington, and I always blank on the name of the university, but, but the, uh, his, he's written two amazing books. One is Stamped from the Beginning, which is the definitive history of racist ideas. And if you wanna understand how, how a good bit of kind of the racist strain of supremacist logic found its way into to our faith and how we tell the story of faith, uh, that book charts it, charts it back to its beginning. Um, but but the book that I would recommend that you pick up that is probably even more helpful in this moment as you think about solidarity and want to teach your children about solidarity is the book called How to Be an Anti-Racist. The basic premise is that there is no such thing as not racist. You are either racist or you are anti-racist. You, you either participate in racism or you participate in anti-racism. There is no neutral ground called not racist. And so, how to be an anti-racist is how to take this this term that's not meant to be pejorative as much as descriptive, yeah. and, and 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 how to take this term and 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 to find yourself to 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 behave yourself to do your to to enact yourself to embody yourself into better ways, more life-giving ways of being in the world.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for for taking the time. I know you're sitting on your porch and we hear birds and your dogs and a truck going by. Thank you for inviting all of us uh, metaphorically into your home and sharing um, so deeply from uh, your life and your wisdom.
1: You're welcome. I I appreciate the invitation thanks
0: for tuning in to the faith forward podcast series if you want to learn more from creative thinkers and innovative leaders be sure to subscribe or visit faith-forward.net